I'm Justin. And I'm Meredith. And this is Dead Talk. Woo! That was a really right. enthusiastic woo, but whatever. Whatever. <laughs> I'm tweeting right now. Tweet. Yeah, because I'll make an Instagram post about, like, a teaser for this, so. Yeah, I'm, uh. We're working uh, on it. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually getting better at it. But it's really hard with, like, like, they, uh, no one, like, interacts with the posts. It makes it difficult to keep posting because you're like, no one's even seeing this. What's the point? Because eventually someone will see it. I know, exactly. I just got to keep at it. I'm like, hold on. Uh, uh, I got to do all the hashtags. Hold on. <sighs> so how's your week been? It's been good. Like, in spite of, like, you know, the personal stuff with my buddy. Yeah. Because, uh, so I went with uh, another friend of ours, like, went with me. And uh, so we're hanging out in the, in the ICU, right? Because first they're like, oh, things are shitty. And then there's like, oh, actually, she's doing better. And then around like eight o'clock, they basically, the doctor came into the room and essentially told the entire room that she was dying. And I was like, I thought, I thought that you take them to the scary room for that. You don't just announce that in a public space. Okay. Yeah. And so like Erica and I like, like gave like a worried look and I was like, okay, here's the thing. Clearly we need to stay a little bit longer, but we cannot be here when she finally passes. Cause that's way too personal. And she's like, I absolutely agree. And so we hung out for a bit longer. Fortunately, everybody else was going home. Cause like, listen, we're tired. A couple of us are going to stay behind and, you know, be with her. But I'm like, okay, good. This is when we go. <laughs> right. In the shit. Yeah, yeah. So no, it's, it's, eh, he's having a rough time, but you know, Hey, I'm, I'm glad that he has buddies. I'll hang out with him during it though. You know, that's always good. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm going to be a wreck when my mom passes, but hopefully that's not going to be for a very long time. Yeah. Mom, you're not allowed to die. You must live forever. Oh shit. So my week's been pretty good. Can't yeah. complain. That's pretty good. Yeah. Get paid Friday, so that's nice. Oh, yeah. It's going to be nice. Down to my last $7. Ooh. <laughs> you buy so many hot dogs with that, though. Well, I got like half a tank of gas and I got food oh, in the house. So yeah. I'm good. That's like the two most important things. Right. So, you know, whatever. Hey, guess what we still didn't do? What didn't we do? We didn't. Right off the app. Wait, what? The ad. Oh, did we do that? No, we didn't do that. That's what oh, we didn't shit. do. Oh shit! That's right, we didn't do that. Fuck. Well then. Next, next time. Next time. Also, if you wait long enough, it'll uh, you'll get a credit. It'll run it for free. What are you talking about? We're running the ad on Facebook. Oh wait, shit! No, I thought you meant the ad. Oh, never mind. I thought you meant the ad on Facebook. No, no, no. Ad for this thing that we need. We need to record. Uh-huh. Yeah, that ad. Uh, Not the Facebook uh, ad. But yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. Like, if you don't boost anything, they'll be like, hey, spend $10, we'll give you $30 credit. And you're like, okay. Yeah, or if you wait long enough, they're like, we'll just give it to you for free. I'm like, yes, please, thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, no, we totally didn't do the ad. Whoops. Well, the daisies. <sighs> if I have enough time at work tomorrow, I'll do it. I, I, yeah. played, ch- I played chess today. Let's, wait, you played chess at work today? Yeah, this guy has a Lord of the Rings chess set sitting there, oh, and cute. he uses a sticky note to tell you whose turn it is, so if it's my turn, I can just wander over there while I'm on the phone and make my move and I wander back. Yeah, that sounds like, like a fun way to spend an afternoon. I mean, I'm on the phone forever, so yeah. Oh yeah, I <laughs> do that, that sucks. It's, it's just uh, annoying when people yell at you for nothing you can control, but at the same time, most of the people that start to get loud with me end up apologizing because they uh they know it's not my fault and like yeah. I'm nothing I'm like I'm doing like I'm being nothing but courteous to them. Like, I've had so many people tell me how much they love talking to me. Uh, God. One of my coworkers came up to me yesterday, and she goes, "I forgot to send you an email last week." And I'm like, "About what?" 
And she goes, I spoke to this lady. She told me her name. I couldn't remember. She goes, and she said she spoke to you like three weeks ago. And she just loved you. And you were so courteous and helpful and so nice. And she was such a gentleman. I was like, well, that's nice. That's so sweet. I like that. See, that's a good sign. Right, exactly. I'm doing something right. Had another girl tell me today that I was very helpful and that I should be, um, what is it? Like, Call, call, call center employee of the month or something like that. Aww, I love it. No, it's fantastic. And also, like, you know, as someone who's worked in the service industry before, a lot of times people just want to feel like they're heard. Exactly. Because they're just really frustrated and they're possibly, like, maybe a little bit worried. And, you know, it's like, no need to stress. We got this. We can solve I got it. you. I got you, girl. Don't even sweat. <laughs> We're going to fix this. <laughs> Hey, so what kind of story? It's Halloween season. It's spooky season. It's spooky season. So I chose my stories like murder and ghosts. I don't know what yours is about. Oh, shit. Well, mine's a really spooky, like unsolved one. I can do mm. another spooky one next week. All right. What well, What do you want? Well, I, I, aren't we trying to read like spooky stories? Send us your spooky stories, people. Send us your spooky stories, or else we're gonna have to improv that. Yeah, and we are—we have not taken a class. We are not prepared. Um, so it's gonna be like watching like the worst. We're not professional improv. No, we're not. This is not SNL. Um, so sorry, not sorry, but so it's there. There's some pressing matters on that. So yeah, my favorite SNL sketch. Well, one of them. Like obviously, Chris Farley has my heart. But there's this really funny one with Adam Sandler and Rob Schneider. Where Rob Schneider's like, you can put your weed in there, man. And oh, like, a good one. Yeah. And then, like, Adam Sandler played that character. I believe it was in Hot Chicks. I could be wrong. Not Hot Chicks. Was it Hot Chicks? Was that Rob Schneider? Mm-hmm. Where he switched places with the girl? That has to be Hot Chicks. I'm going to ask the internet. It has to be Hot Chicks. I'm almost 100%. Are you sure it's called Hot Chicks? Yes, yeah, Hot Chicks Singular. Plural. Hot chick, whatever. Okay, it, it, yeah, you're right, Rob Schneider. Hot chick, yeah. Because Adam Sandler plays that same role in that movie, I'm pretty sure. Like, you can put your weed in there, man. No, no, it's just it's just my favorite. It's very, very likely. It's a good one, though. Good it's, one. it's not. It's fucking horrible, but, you know, Rob Schneider tries, and that's all you can You know, ask for. the thing is that you kind of, like, you know, he knows... What he knows what his brand of comedy is. That's true. That is true. Like, like you don't see him branching out into other movies. Like he knows, he knows where he stands. Also, he probably makes insane amounts of money off of it. So you know. For sure. What are you doing to the carpet? So you got. What are you doing? You have a bed right there. Just like clawing at the carpet. Aww. Uh, all right, we should probably start recording, I guess. Yeah, we probably should. Oh, wow, yeah, we, we did a whole little bit there that was funny, and they're never even going to know it. Yeah, we did? What was the bit? The bit was, like, they got to send us our sh- send us the stuff, or else they're going to have to listen to really bad improv. We didn't even finish. We didn't even finish that. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> joke. Gone now. It's gone. Send us your stories. Spoopy stories. Uh, the Dead Talk Podcast at Gmail or on Twitter or on Instagram or on Facebook. We'll fucking see them. We'll see it. We'll see that. Because like we don't get a whole lot of movement yet. So don't you want to get in on the ground floor with that? Right. Don't you want That's us to say cool. your name? We don't have to say your name if you don't want us to, but Yeah, just give us a good little nickname you want us to call you and you know, we'll we'll roll with it. I'll say essentially. Did you say say it sensually? Yeah. All sensual. So people from the Middle East love my stream. I don't know why. I don't know. Isn't that kind of funny how that turns out? I mean, I don't mind. Like, you know, come hang out. Whatever. Yeah, come party. Well, I got a couple people that like are regulars in my stream. They're pretty cool. It's, it's, it's nice having the regulars. Man, to. I am so distracted right now. I'm always a little distracted, so, you know. That ADHD life. No, for real, though. I remember I had a teacher in high school who had ADHD, and, like, he would start teaching, and then if you ask him, like, a question that's not related to that, he'll go into a whole tangent, and he'd forget where he was. And he was my favorite teacher. Oh, that's my life every day. <laughs> no, us ADHD folk, we're really funny, and but we do get sidetracked sometimes. 
But also, like, our stories are really fun because you get a little, like, narrative woven in there. You get to know the backstory. I mean, half the backstory. I never forget what we're talking about. Mm, yeah, because, like, there's, a little, <laughs> like there's, some dead, there's some dead end roads here and there, but that's fine, you know? More things to talk about later, right? See, my mom, I love you, mom, but she tells stories, like, it's funny because she complains about her mom telling stories the exact same way she tells stories. And I'm half convinced I probably tell stories the same exact way. Because she gives every single detail about everything. Like, I can't even explain it. Like, if she was, like, talking about me, she goes, oh, that's my son, Justin. He has a wife named Jessica. Now, they met when they were this young, you know, like. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She has to give you every detail to tell you. Oh, and they just, they bought a new car last week. (laughs) You're like, okay. Like, you know, I just learned a whole lot about this person. Okay. And they got a new car? What kind? Oh, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Some kind of car, I guess, you know. They got a new one. It's cool. (laughs) I love you, Mom. Oh, okay. I like that, too. And, uh, you know, I think, fortunately, my friends think it's entertaining. So, you know, I got that going for me. Right. Like, oh, right. a lot of people think I'm funny. Well, some people think I'm funny. Some people. Some people. That's okay. Not everybody has to think I'm funny. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, it's my short. short. Oh shit! We both got short ones. That's okay. That's alright. I put. Yeah. I got kind of a short one. Okay. And I guess you can call it fun if murder or ghosts excite you. It does excite me. <laughs> Today, and okay, I, I know for a fact. There is no way you've not heard of this one. At least, like, a lot of... I'm sure a lot of people that, if they listen to this fucking show, Mm -hmm. have heard of this story. Okay. The story of Elva Zona Heaster. Also known as the Green Greer Ghost. I actually may not know this one. She was born in Green Greer County around 1873. Very little is known about her early life. She was brought up in a small farming community and gave birth to a child out of wedlock. <gasps> no! In 1895. No. Yeah, no. The reason I said it like that is because I'm pretty sure they had it in quotations in the article I was reading, and it just made me smile. <laughs> yeah, like, cute eye roll, like, oh no. That used- oh, God. Sometimes it still is, like, in certain, like, pockets of people look at you evangelical christians that's like <laughs> oh no god forbid you're a tainted woman now what man will have you because you had a child out of wedlock it's like oh calm down Not you, you know what that baby means it means that she had sex i know how dare women be sexual oh no how i meant that as a good thing like for the guys are like fuck yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> she does had a party no oh, right. <laughs> There's some really gross men that that say some more things too. Incels, yeah. Get you incels. I did not realize how big of a thing incels was until like incels were until that murder. Yeah, they've been around for a minute. Yeah, but now like I'm starting to realize how insane it is. Like how many like guys are just like, oh my god, like I'm a nice guy and they don't want to be with me. It's like if you have to say you're a nice guy, you're not a nice guy. Yeah. Also, if you ever want some entertainment, look up. Um, I think actually the subreddit's probably banned now. There used to be a subreddit called Incel Selfies where they'd post pictures of themselves. Now, here's the thing though: some of those <laughs> boys, some of those boys were actually very cute. But then it's you just look they had a shit personality. Selfie. Yeah, and they're like, "Wow, girls like me. It must be because I'm ugly." I'm like, "No, man. It's because like you're horrible." Like, you're terrible to be around. Like, I don't even know you, and I'm exhausted already just from reading a couple of your posts. Yeah, and I've seen, like, I'm a part of a couple of meme groups, because, you know, memes are life. They're funny, yeah. But sometimes people post memes, and you're just like, God, you probably hate women, don't you? Like, you struggle <laughs> every day. You, like, wake up every morning, and it's just like, why is world life so hard? But then they're the ones making... Their own right. life. life is so hard being a white straight male. Ugh. No, why don't girls want to touch my penis? Like, <laughs> I only lifted out of the bus once. Yeah, oh my gosh. I looked at boobies once in my life. It's like, you're the problem. I'm like, mm, so stop. <laughs> stop being shitty. 
If a girl's not into you, she's not into you. It's just not that into you, man. There's That's no okay. such thing as the friend zone. No, and as as a lady who does like, you know, hey, I like to pursue men every so often when I feel like it, and I see something that I like. Oh, yeah, I've been turned down plenty of times before. And guess what? It's cool, man, because that happens. They're just not that into you. That's okay. Right, you just romanticize someone that you hope has feelings for you, but then y'all <laughs> are just taking it too far. Yeah, man, just calm down. Go right. get a hobby. Buy a canoe. Okay, we gotta stop going. Where are we? My yeah. God. Vacation. <laughs> she had a child out of wedlock. Okay, there we go. <laughs> That's where we were at. The following. Oh my God, this is the story's gonna fucking annoy you. We're gonna go on so many tangents. That's okay. <laughs> Both of our stories are really short today, so right, we gotta fill it with bullshit. Let's fill it full of that glorious bullshit. The following year. In October of 1896, she met a drifter named Irmus Stribbling Trout Shoe. That totally doesn't sound made up. I know. I literally put in quotation. I was like, yeah, that's a name. That's, that's <laughs> yeah, no, there's no way a guy totally made, didn't make that up because that sounds made up. I mean, he was a drifter. So what's your name? Uh, Irmus Stribbling Trout yeah, don't... Shoe. He's like, <laughs> he's like, kind of kept on putting syllables onto it. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, Shu, he wanted to start a new life and be a blacksmith, and eventually found work in a shop. Not long after moving into town, the two quickly fell in love and married. This, despite her mother's pleas to not marry. Besides them falling quickly in love, her mother obviously was like, don't marry him, it's too fucking soon. I don't like the guy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's how even long to now. they knew each other before they were married and living together. Ooh, two days. Well, no, not that fast. Okay, okay. <laughs> two weeks? Three months. Okay, still very fast. I'm yeah. just comparing the real life of like, hey, what's the soonest I've ever heard about someone getting married? Honest, <laughs> honest God, honest God, no joke. I have a friend who, his mom's like a crazy evangelical Christian, which, oof, boy, I could talk about her for a minute because she's nuts. Uh, but she literally... Started going to a new church, met this guy, uh, and then they get married two days later. Oh, they're still married? Yeah, but clearly it's not a healthy union. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just one of those, uh, why are you together? Does he beat you type things? No, so I think he's a closeted homosexual. Uh, I'm not gay. I'm, not, I'm totally not gay. Look at my wife. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> See her? And all of her glory? All of her... <laughs> Breasts. <laughs> I yeah. felt those. I I love Virginia. I love <laughs> that, and it's wonderful. I love badge. It's so like, okay. <laughs> I have a friend. I'm not gonna say his name because you know yeah. I'm not gonna call him out like that. But we hung out all the time in high school. Me, him, and my brother. And he came over one day, and he was talking to my dad's girlfriend at the time. And then like he walks goes downstairs where my brother's at. And she looks at me, she goes, is he gay? We're like, he says he's not. You know, but he would do that, I'm not gay. And then, like, when he's, like, 18 or 19, he's like, guys, I'm gay. And we're just like, yeah, we know, like, it's okay. I definitely had a friend like that, too, who, uh, again, I'm not gonna, like, he's out, but, like, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say names. I'm not, again, not a monster. Uh, But uh, I met him through Gaia Online, the forum site. Oh my he, god. Yeah, no, I, I, did I know what Gaia is. Mm, yep, yep, yep. And so we, we met through there and we used to Skype chat all the time. We still do every so often. And from the first moment I heard his voice when I was 13, I was like, oh, this boy is very gay. And then he's like, no, I'm not gay at all. I'm like, okay. And so when he finally came out when we were 23, because that's how long we've been friends. We've been friends since we were 13. It's nuts. Uh, he's like, well, Mary, I have because yeah, he always calls me Mary. He's like, I have something really, uh, really big to share with you. And I'm like, oh, God, he's sick. Like, oh, God, he has cancer or something. Oh, man, this is terrible. And he's like, Mary, I'm, I'm gay. And I'm like, oh, really? Is that? Oh, out? like, I've known that forever. And he's like, what? Right. Like, like, oh, no, honey, I've known that since, like, the first moment I met you. And he's like, you're very gay. And he's like, let me have my moment. I'm like, okay, I will. <laughs> so he's like, ah. But no, no, he's out. And I'm really proud of him. So... Journey. Back when me and Jessica first started talking, I lived up north and she lived down here where we live now. Mm-hmm. And uh, we would play Gaia online together. Aww. No, no. 
The only reason I remember this goddamn fucking video game chat thing, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Um, if you stood in the pool and hit the, the, the candy bar emote, it looked like there was a turd floating in the water. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, um, yeah. That was fun. Good times. Memories. Right. Okay, where were we? <laughs> we were back with us. So they got hitched after knowing each other for three months, which is very fast, but not clearly not as fast as some people. Other, other people. Yeah. And uh, whoever's stuck around this long, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'll be into the stories. <laughs> right, uh, half the stories. We're yeah. Okay. <laughs> in three months' time, they fell in love, got married, and she was soon deceased. Oh. <gasps> I wonder who did it. So from October to January, they were met, got married, moved in together. And on January 23rd, Zona's body was discovered by a young boy who was sent to the home by Shu on an errand. Mm, definitely not suspicious either. Right. The boy found her body at the uh, bottom of the stairs. She laid flat with her feet together and one hand on her stomach. The boy ran and told his mother, and she got a hold of the local doctor, who got to the house about an hour later. Uh, okay. Within the hour that the doctor took to get there, Shu had taken his deceased wife's body upstairs, dressed her in a high-necked dress with a stiff collar, and a veil mm. over her face. Mm, suspicious. Then he then laid her on the bed. Yeah, that is suspicious, because obviously they're not the ones that usually redress the body mm-hmm. um as the doctor examines her body she would cradle his wife well his, his wife's head and sob the doctor mm-hmm. feeling pity for the poor man gave a quick exam noted some bruising on the neck and when the doctor tried to examine the neck further uh she would get mad and kind of like angry and violent towards the doctor and the doctor ended the, exam- ended the examination and left the house Ooh. So he he made a scene. Yeah, and this part is weird because the like I, I it was just weird. Her oh. cause of death was first listed as an everlasting faint. Was that a thing back then? No. I looked it up, and everything that popped up was this story here. That's weird. Right. So. That yeah yeah because like, make any sense. That's just yeah. Did they mean and, a heart attack? Well, they eventually changed the cause of death. Oh, good, because that yeah, that's suspicious. To childbirth, because she had been treated for quote unquote female trouble two weeks before her death. Okay. <laughs> it's like, no one knows. No, that's no, no that's one knows if she was actually pregnant though. Okay. Once her mother was informed of her passing, her mother responded with, quote, the devil killed her. She was buried the next day at the local cemetery, now known as the Soul Chapel Methodist Cemetery. Okay. During the service, though, Shu Shu began to act strange. He would flip between moods of grief and energy. No one was allowed to approach the coffin, especially he, he especially didn't want anyone approaching while he placed a pillow on one side of her head with a rolled up sheet on the other, claiming, quote, they will help her rest easier. Okay. He also tied a scarf around her neck, claiming through tears that it was Zona's favorite. Mm, and, was, and her mom's like, um, she hated scarves. Right. <laughs> We're in Georgia. It's Where 80 degrees. It's like, it's like, nine, like, when is she ever wearing a scarf? Wait, where did I say this was? Did I yeah, say Georgia? Is Hold it Western Georgia? Because if so, then that's wild. I don't remember. Hold on. I gotta look it up. West Virginia. Ooh, okay. Okay, so like the Georgia of the North, you know. <laughs> Sorry, people in West Virginia. <laughs> I, I, was, I was making a joke. I don't really mean that. Alright, so once it was time to move the corpse, a few people noticed her head seemed quote-unquote loose. Which is a really gross word to use for your head, I guess. That shouldn't be loose. (laughs) I'm just saying, like, "Ah." So Zona's mother, Mary, was 
was convinced her son-in-law murdered her daughter. After the wake, she removed the sheet from the coffin and tried returning it to Shu. When he declined, she took it home. She noticed it had an odd odor. She tried washing it. And while doing this, she says the water turned red, the sheet turned pink, and the water cleared. She was left with a stained pink sheet that she could not clean. She took this as a sign her daughter had been murdered. Ooh, yeah. Also, he was just... Honestly, he was kind of telling on himself. Yeah. Because, yeah, he was acting really weird, and he did way too many things. (laughs) Right around the neck area. Yeah, like, oh, no, don't pay attention to this neck, please. Like, oh, my God. Like, no, please don't. Please don't look at the neck. That's essentially all he was saying with all that stuff he was doing. It's like, don't right. look at her neck, please. It's like, well, Stop. now I want to look at her neck. So, right. you so <laughs> she prayed every night for four weeks, begging her daughter to return just to explain what happened. Four weeks after the funeral for Zona, she came to her mother in a dream. She first appeared as a bright light. She slowly took the form of uh, Zona and visited her mother in a total of four nights. Oh. Uh, during this time, she says Shu was a cruel man. He abused her and he attacked her when he thought she had cooked no meat for dinner. That's really what got him mad. That's uh, according to her ghost. Man. Zona says he broke her neck. To prove this, in this part, don't. if you ever turn to a ghost, you don't gotta do this to prove your point, especially to your mother. Mm-hmm. To prove that Zona's neck was broken, she turned her neck around until it was facing backward. <gasps> Ooh, that's extra. Right, that's what I'm it's saying. We'll get really dramatic when, we're, when we become ghosts. Right. You know. Uh, <laughs> turn to our angst, angsty teenage selves angsty again. Angsty. No, I'm going to show you. I'm going to go above and beyond. So, once the ghost told her story to Mary, uh, she rushed to the local prosecutor, John Alfred Preston, and spent hours trying to convince him to reopen the matter of her daughter's death. Now, whether he believed in her ghost story was true, felt bad for the grieving mother, or simply felt things didn't add up, he decided to dispatch deputies to re-interview multiple people, including the doctor who performed the examination of the body. By this time, by this time, the locals had already been suggesting that Zona had been murdered, which, I mean, yeah. It's pretty obvious. <laughs> Preston went and spoke with the doctor himself, who admittedly he had not properly examined the body due to the situation that was on hand. Once this detail came to light, Preston had the body exhumed. Was, uh, had the body exhumed. Zona's body was examined on February 22nd, 1897. And guess where it was examined? Mm, at a church, maybe? Mm, sort of close. Ooh. Uh, mm, I'm trying to think. It's a small West Virginia town. A place, where you, a place where you wouldn't want to examine a bo- Examine a body. That's close to a church. Mm, was it a public area? Uh, yeah, you can say that. Mm, <laughs> the courthouse, maybe? A what? The courthouse? It was examined in the one-room schoolhouse. Oh, yeah, you definitely don't want that around kids. At this point in time, Shu is complaining about him digging up his wife. And by law, he was required to be present during the autopsy. Oh. He responded to this by saying he knows he is going to be arrested, but that no one will be able to prove his guilt. Okay, he's also, he just told on himself again. And this part was a little ridiculous. I just want to know what the fuck they were doing. But her autopsy this time lasted three days. And by the end of it, they found her neck had been broken. Like... Why isn't that the first thing you're looking at? I don't know. Maybe they got bored. Three days? Oh, I mean, I guess the body probably might have been done. I don't think these... Well, yeah. Oh, yeah, because it was... mm, Because how long was she in there? About a month. Oh, yeah, she's... mm, Yeah, yeah. It's going to be kind of... She's going to be kind of gross. Right. Yeah. All right. So... And an article published on March 9th, 1897. I, we gotta look this up. I want to see if I can find this article. But it was uh, it was reported that the disco- quote, the discovery was made that the neck was broken and the windpipe smashed. On the throat were the marks of fingers indicating that she had been choked. The neck was dislocated between the first and second vertebrae. 
The ligaments were torn and ruptured. The windpipe had been crushed at a point in front of the neck. Ooh. Dang. Yeah, he was really upset. About that meat. Once it was determined she was murdered, mixed with Shu's odd behavior, he was arrested and charged for the murder of Zona. Oh, While waiting trial, more information about his this, uh, drifter's past came to light. He had been married twice before. His first wife divorced him after accusing him of cruelty, while his second wife died in mysterious circumstances less than a year after they were married. There's actually a term for this, and it's called a bluebeard. A bluebeard? Uh-huh. It means uh, it's an antiquated term. So it's like the male version of a black widow. It's a bluebeard. Is that, uh, it's a guy who lures in lonely women and like marries them and then murders them later for money. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know if she had money. That never really came up. He might well, just be. I mean, if he's a drifter, she had more money than he did, I guess. Exactly. So. All right. So while he was in prison, he spoke with ambition of being let free because there was no evidence against him. Ugh. He even spoke of wedding several women once released. Oh, okay. Okay. That's nice. That's really tactful, dude. His trial began in June, four months after his arrest, and he was found guilty on July 11th, and I put, which is my birthday. Yay! Happy birthday! This guy yeah. got, got, you know... Found, found guilty on my birthday, yeah. Clearly very guilty of. He was sentenced to life in prison. A mob was soon formed, and they planned to take him from, later, from the uh, jail and hang him. Yeah. The, uh, deputy, the deputy sheriff disbanded the mob, and four of the organi- organizers were later charged for their actions. He was moved to West Virginia State Penitentiary and lived there for three years, until March 13th in 1990, where he died from an unknown epidemic and was buried in an unmarked grave. Good. <laughs> you know, that's all I got. Like, man, good. Right, he, he got something. God. So, Mary never recanted the story of her ghostly daughter visiting her. So, Mary passed away in September of 1916. And as for Zona, her ghost hasn't been seen since. Although now in West Virginia, near the cemetery in which Zona is buried... Sits a historical landmark which reads, Interred in nearby cemetery is Zona Heaster Shoe. Her death in 1897 was presumed natural until her spirit appeared to her mother to describe how she was killed by her husband. Autopsy on the exhumed body verified the apparition's account. Edward, found guilty of murder, was sentenced to the state prison. Only known case in which testimony from a ghost helped convict a murderer. Hell yeah. So you never heard that one before? I think I have, but not with so much detail. I think I like it's one of those things where like you read it in like a cracked article of like, ah, oh, ten craziest things that ever happened <laughs> involving ghosts. And I'm like, oh, that's neat. But no, what's neat about it with like the more detail is that like it was so clear that he did it. Right. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, hey man, I I do believe in ghosts, you know, but I'd like to be a little bit skeptical. But I don't know. It's good to kind of like see the full picture because it also could be like mom's subconscious clicking it together in her head, like clicking all the pieces together. Right, it definitely. Cool though. Yeah, it definitely could be that, especially because she's like, oh no, like he killed her. Yeah, he straight up killed her. And then she's like, she's kind of like putting the puzzle pieces together and it kind of like forms in like, because, you know, dreams are wacky, it forms in like the image of her daughter. So. I don't know. I think either way, it's really cool, though. Yeah, I, I like that story. I, I, like, I was like, what can I do for a story that has to do with ghosts mm-hmm. and murder? And I was like, oh, wait, I know the story. Actually, for next week, I just thought of mine. Because it, it's... I, well, I, I, if I don't do it, it's because I found out that it wasn't real. Because <laughs> there's <laughs> an urban legend from, like, uh, oh, God, from, like, the 1900s from, like, West Columbia, which is really close to where I, went. I grew up, but no spoilers in case I don't do it because I'm like, oh wait, maybe it's, maybe that's just a weird a weird legend. But I'll look at I'll look into it. So I can't find the article. I'll do some more looking for the article, but I did find a picture of that state sign. So you totally post that on the Instagram. Ooh, yes, let's do that. Nice. Okay, well that was my story, and right here's where we have the ad. If we fucking write it. You know, life is hard sometimes. So. And I'm kind of lazy sometimes. Yeah, because. Uh, it's an ad. <laughs> we 
school to get seven dollars or however much it is. We'll we'll do it eventually. 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 You know, it's art and you can't rush art. So, you know, it's gonna take us some time. It's one of my favorite memes. When they're uh the uh when they ask Michelangelo to paint what is it, the Sistine Chapel? Mm-hmm. And he goes, Yeah, I'll paint it, paint a bunch of dicks on it. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. That's so good. Uh all I do is look at memes, people. Don't judge me. You know, that's what everybody does. That's what Facebook is for, right? This is 20, it's 2019. It's all we're doing with the internet. <laughs> Pretty much. Pending... Me- memes and porn. Yeah, memes and wieners. Just sending them back and forth to each other. That's, <laughs> you know... But you know what? I kind of like that about humans, though. We're kind of funny that way. You have this uh, really big supercomputer, and you're like, what am I going to do with it? I'm going to make really cool jokes. Awesome. I'm going to look at a lot of wieners. Mm, I don't like wieners, but you know. Yeah, like, you know, you'll look at the, at the genitalia that you wish to look at. Or no genitalia at all if you're asexual, and that's just not your jive. Do your thing. We don't kink shame. We don't kink unless shame. You're, unless you're eating poop. Or unless, like, you're doing spooky arts and crafts with dead bodies and doing weird things with that because that's not cool man unless they were already dead and in their will they said you could do spooky arts and crafts yeah if you're in that sort of relationship where you know that's what happens then okay but they had to have died of natural causes they had to die of natural causes <laughs> yeah no 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 well speaking <laughs> of spooky murder um so have you ever heard about the hair gallery murders no no well, guess what you're going to learn today, sucker. All right. So, the morning of November 6, 2001, played out like a usual Tuesday for Florence, Montana, a small town of 765 people. A customer had just pulled into the parking lot of a salon called The Hair Gallery. It's real original, you know? I like that. It's very straightforward, you know? kind of... Wait, he pulled up in front of a salon named The Hair Gallery? Yeah, it's like that was literally the name of the salon. It's called The Hair Gallery. See, you said Hair Gallery, and I was like, oh man, this people got killed like in the wig section of a mannequin store. Ooh, or even worse, it's like a serial killer who like scouts people and keeps their hair. Yeah, well, it's a salon, so now it's not as spooky, but yeah, it'll still well, be pretty spooky. Let's go. Oh, well, it's still going to be super spooky, yeah. So she, uh, this customer had an 11 o'clock nail appointment. And it's like quickly approaching. Like she's like, ah, oh, man, I might be a little bit late. And as she pulls up, she sees a very odd-looking man because he's wearing a trench coat and what looked like a black top hat. She thinks that's weird. She kind of makes a note of it. And he's like exiting through the front door. And she thinks, oh, that's kind of odd, but all right. Because, you know, how many times have we crossed paths with people that are just kind of dressed a little bit oddly, but we don't, you know, that doesn't make us scared of them necessarily. We're just like, huh. That guy's wearing a blanket as trousers. Okay, all right, neat. <laughs> Especially if you live in a big city, you tend to get some interesting characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so she got out of her car, and she went through the back door of the salon, because that's actually the entrance that most of the customers that went there regularly would... That's, that's the door they would use to go in and out. So it's also something interesting about our hat dude is that he left through the front door, which is never really used. So, interesting point. So when she opens the door, though, she stumbles into a scene straight out of a horror movie. The body of the owner, Dorothy Harris, laid on the floor in a pool of her own blood. And so November 6th did definitely take a turn. So the woman called the authorities immediately. And when they arrived, they discovered two more bodies in the back utility room. The manicurist, Brenda Patch, and a customer, Cynthia Palace. All the women had their throats slit. Dorothy Harris was known as, uh, for her upbeat personality and her love of her grandchildren. She had deep love for arts and crafts and doing all sorts of things with her hands, clearly, because, you know, she's a hairdresser. So she, you know, kind of aesthetic learner. Um, so Dorothy would often make her weekly bank visit on Tuesday in the morning, and th- that day was no different. In fact, investigators would find out that Dorothy had visited the bank 30 minutes before the murders occurred. Yet no money was taken from the store, and there was no signs of sexual assault. This means that Patch and Palace had been alone at the time the attacker had arrived, who had forced them into the back utility room before forcing them to kneel and then take their lives. When Dorothy would arrive through the back door, that's when she'd meet her similar fate. The weapon was described as a sharp instrument, which I think is interesting because if it was a knife, 
I think they would say a knife. Yeah, they would just say knife, yeah. It's a sharp instrument, so... That they, they, don't ever, do they, they don't ever specify? No, like, law enforcement won't specify. They won't, they won't say. And so, well, they do that sometimes to see if someone else slips up. Mm-hmm. You're like, so I heard they were killed with a katana. I'd be like, how'd you know it was a katana? Boom, gotcha. It is a guy in a trench coat and a top hat. He kind of sounds like a nerd. Oh, no, I solved it. Fuck, they're going to come for me. Oh, no! No, 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 no. <laughs> I don't think you were old enough to commit this crime, but... <laughs> I'm a vampire. Oh, plot twist. (laughs) Yeah. I don't even own a katana. I don't even own a katana. Like, okay. Yeah, because they were also said, like, it. they were very deeply slit, too. Because, like, there's blood and stuff everywhere. Uh, Yeah, they also said that they had sustained additional injuries, but no more details have been elaborated upon. And also law enforcement... But they weren't sexually assaulted. No, they weren't. So, I mean, you can lead... You can kind of... Weird question. Mm -hmm. I hate using this term. Is genital mutilation a form of sexual assault? That's a really good question. I would say yes. Usually they... I think they would. That's such a fucking weird thing to Google. God damn it. Is well, it's genital mute. Now, now we're all on watch lists because that's such that's such a good question. I don't know. What does Google say? I mean, it's pretty much agreed upon that it is, but like, there's no like definitive definition. But everybody's saying it is, so I mean, I would say yeah. it is. Yeah. So as a, I mean, so if they weren't sexually assaulted, then it wouldn't have been genital mutilation necessarily. Yeah, because I just assumed, like, when you hear additional injuries, I'm like, okay, so, like, maybe one of them put up a fight, and so you roughed them up a bit. Right. You know, um, but it also makes me wonder if it's, like, if it's significant, because they, law enforcement made that a big deal to mention that in press conferences over it. Okay. So, yeah, so maybe it's not, like, maybe the throats being slit weren't, the only things that got cut because like maybe there's defensive wounds who knows but defensive wounds or something they did intentionally that only the killer would know mm-hmm. that's what makes me think that something's strange uh so also they would say that what is the term they use hold on because i didn't put it down my notes so originally i wasn't gonna i was gonna mention it but it's too interesting to not mention so they were like Oh, yeah, so the, the police also described the crime scene as dynamic. I don't know what that means. And they are not offering up additional details on that. So Wait, well, <laughs> Dynamic. <laughs> what does that mean? Maybe, like, maybe it was spooky arts and crafts. It might have been. Oh, no, what if it was spooky arts and crafts? Oh, dear. That, that definitely could have been it. Yeah. Or some sort of, like, paint shit on the walls. With the, I hope not. So question before before i continue with this thought i have in my head mm. has any other podcast used spooky arts and crafts as a thing i don't think so dude that has that has to be like our first shirt we make <laughs> spooky arts and crafts spooky arts and crafts it's like a bloody handprints and writing on the walls right <laughs> oh that'd be so funny yeah like oh don't do spooky arts and crafts please like oh, oh it's so bad I think we yeah. found our thing, spooky arts and crafts. Yeah, yeah, because it only took like seventeen or eighteen episodes. We finally it. found you know it. Again, it's freaking art, so you can't rush it. <laughs> can't rush just it. like spooky arts it. and crafts. Yeah, you can't rush it. Well, if you're in a hurry, then you might have to. <laughs> but also, you shouldn't commit spooky arts and crafts related crimes if you feel like you don't have a whole lot of time. That's true. I'm just saying. Well, no, fuck. Don't do it either way. So don't do it in general. Don't do it in I general. I didn't realize what I was agreeing to for like half a second. Yeah, because like Ed Gein, spooky arts and craft. He's massive. I've seen pictures of that guy. Holy shit. Still alive? I don't know if he's still alive. No, he's he's dead. He has to be dead. I hope so. Didn't Ed- he? He voiced books. Like, he would read books. No, you're thinking Kempner. Oh, yeah, you're right. He also did spooky arts and crafts, though. Um, no, he died in 1984. He did. Okay, okay. Yeah, no, Ed Kempner was more of, like, I have this decapitated head, I'm gonna throw darts at it now. I'm like, oh, Wait. I'm like, stop. Gene's the one that... He made the nipple he made, belt. He maybe killed his brother... 
Wars mom's face? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I made the lampshades out of skin and stuff. Yeah. Fun fact, a friend of mine from high school, his uncle was uh, worked for the FBI for a minute as, like, crime scene sort of, like, inventory, and he had to inventory all that. Oh, no way. Yeah, yeah. He was like, it was real weird. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. He was like, no, I was like, I've never seen that before, and unfortunately I never saw it after. Uh, yeah, could you imagine? Like, it's not even like you just have to take inventory of it. You have to be like, all right, pull those on the on the poles to the like blinds in the windows. Check. All right, we got nipple belt. Check. All right. Where's the nipple belt, of- Jerry? Take off the nipple belt. Jerry, he's like, I think it makes me look cute. Take it off. It's like well, you never let me do anything fun. Jeez, jeez, jeez. Okay, so the only thing that Connick counted for in the salon was a couple of the styling cloaks, or capes, which hold no monetary value whatsoever. And they looked through the insurance, the financial statements, and all the telephone records, and even collected DNA samples, and everything came up to a dead end. It seemed like someone had just decided to kill three people with no motive, and that the only trace of the individual left behind was a pair of very ordinary sunglasses. Which they will also not state where that was found in the crime scene either, which I think is also very interesting. That's weird. Yeah, yeah. So, um, time goes on and, like, there's still not a whole lot of leads. And eventually, I'm not going to go too much into this because uh, I did get some notes from a podcast called, let's scroll up on the page, drumroll please, the uh, Unresolved Podcast. It's pretty good. He wrote a really good, well-detailed article that I will not be taking as many details from because I didn't feel like writing it and changing it into my own words. So I'm going to let him have that because I don't want to be an asshole. So anyways, so they try to pin it on these two guys that were known as like, in all honesty, if you're in a small town of 760 people and also not a lot of people go through that town. So it'd be really unusual just to have a passerby. So it has to be one of these 760 people. Right. So they sort of looked through and said, well, who do we know that uh, is, gets into trouble a lot and has violent tendencies? And like, oh, well, Ryan Weber. The goth kids. The goth, well, no, meth heads. So, oh. you know, yeah, yeah. That was a good second guess, though, you know. <laughs> so Brian Weber and also uh, a guy named Benavides. It looks right. Benavides. I'm probably not saying it right. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> but, Yes, uh, Lincoln Benavides and Brian Weber were sort of the fan suspects for like for law enforcement for a long time. And eventually, like Benavides would be charged with it, but the case would get dropped because really there's nothing tying him to it. And in the unresolved mysteries subreddit on reddit.com, there's a very good post about the Hair Gallery Massacre. And a lot of locals posted in it and say, yeah, no, we don't really think those people were responsible. We think that they just kind of became like, they zeroed in on them because like out of everybody. Kind of like the Lost Boys. Yeah, well, you know, I would say that, hey, the most simple answer is usually the right one. And so I don't think it was a bad idea to look into it. But uh, I, I really don't think they were responsible at all for it. Now, they're pieces of shit, don't get me wrong, but, yeah. So, to this day, it is still unsolved. However, though, there's a lot of little similar cases that are in a very similar style to this one. And the most important one is the Dolly Madison Bakery of Great Bend, Kansas, in the evening of September 4th, 2002, so a year later, uh, basically a delivery guy would come in, drop off some stuff for the bakery, and he would find the bodies of Mandy Alexander and Mary Drake, and they were both dead in the back office. Both of their throats had been slashed. And a small amount of money was missing from the register, but not enough to, for the cops to think that it was honestly a robbery. And they, there was a description of a person leaving the building, and he was wearing a hat and had very similar features to our boy from Montana. Not saying it's connected necessarily, but I'm going to post both of the sketches of both of the guys and, you know, let you think for yourself. But, like, but it's definitely connected. I mean, like, no one's come out and said it, but it's like, it seems so, like, 
that's such the similar sort of scenario. And yeah, there could be two guys with hats running around. So, like that's very possible. But it's that it's not robbery motivated. It's clear that he forced them in the back room before killing them as well, like much like the hair gallery murder. So did he make these girls kneel before he slit their throats too? I didn't look that far into it, but that's a very good question. And this is, I don't know, something about the whole making someone get on their knees before you kill them thing just always gets to me. It's so like, yeah, because you make it so. It's a weird power trip. It, exactly. That's what I was going to say. It's like, I have this power over you. Like, you know I'm going to kill you. Like, yeah. get on your knees. Like, it's so, like... Oh, it's so creepy. Ugh, it really is. Like, ugh, I don't like it. It's like, just just kill the person. Don't make a big scene about it. Because it's also, like, a weird air of fanfare around that, too. It's like you're making... It's like you're setting a stage for it because you're that fucked up in your head to be like, oh, no, I need to go above and beyond in this weird thing I'm about to do. And... I mean, the only time... Scared, yeah. Like, it's different when it's in real life compared to when it's in movies, for sure. Like, in The Walking Dead, Rick killed this dude, like, with a machete. Mm -hmm. After this dude was, like, trying to kill him. And, you know, Rick, you know, pretty much said, yo, I want to kill you with that machete on the wall later. And, like, before he killed him, like, the guy was on his knees, and he's like, there's no point in making... No point in me begging, is there? And he said no, and then just killed him. It's like, yeah, you get him, Rick, you know? But then it's like, if that was real life and Rick was just like straight, like so just this guy was like macheting this other dude, it'd be completely yeah. different. It'd be totally different. Yeah, because it's not a movie; it's real life. Actually, that's the interesting thing is that, um, actually, I don't know if this is actually said in reference to the hair gallery murders, but no, no, no I remember now because it was the oh. Yeah, it's that poor girl that was found in the dumpster recently. But a, a law enforcement officer has said one time on film, haha, well, on a press conference, that they're like, listen, this is not a movie. This is real life. And this stuff is really complicated. Yeah. So, yeah. And actually, I'm trying to look up real quick and see if... Well, have you seen the Rob Zombie films? Some of them. Because Jessica, like Jessica had never seen House of a Thousand Corpses or Devil's Rejects. I don't know. I watched a little bit of House of a Thousand Corpses, and it was just, I don't know, it was too gross. Well, there's one scene where the uh, where Otis makes a guy get on his knees, and there's, like, literally, like, this 30-second aerial camera shot of just nothing but silence, with Otis just pointing the gun at this guy's head who's on his knees. And, like, you're just sitting there waiting for, like, something to happen. And it's like, in that, like, it was suspenseful as shit. Like, oh, that sounds suspenseful as shit. <laughs> like, you're like, what's going on? Is that the end of the movie? What's happening? You know, but it's just like it's so insane. Like, uh, like when you talk about like actual people making other people do this, it's like, oh, it's nuts. Uh, it's creepy uh, as fuck. Also, ooh, this is like interesting that I did look back. I looked up when I was looking up the whole like bakery murder thing. So it's law enforcement in Kansas also describes the weapon as a sharp object. Huh. So it's incredible. It has to be that. Maybe they're not saying it's related for that very reason. Mm-hmm. Because it's related. But they're still waiting for someone to slip up. Which that happens a lot more than people think. Yeah. Like the cops yeah. hold withhold so much information. Mm-hmm. And actually, there's another case in 2005 where is a similar situation of a beauty salon where same thing, but the person was stabbed to death, so I don't think it was as connected. Uh but people were also saying, like, that's kind of weird because it's a small town beauty salon. And where was this one? It's out in Illinois. Yeah, Missoula, Illinois. How big is that? Wait, Illinois? Yeah, hold on, let's look. Why? Belleville, Illinois. My bad. The newspaper that published this article is from Missoula, <laughs> which is Montana. But Belleville, Illinois. See, I think that one's less likely to be connected. Oh, yeah, it's a much bigger place. It's, it's 41,000 people. So, you know. And I guess Kansas City is significantly larger, but those people were stabbed, not their throats were slit. But yeah. Anyways, this is it's a bummer, and it's kind of weird that there's at least two that are feel like it's almost identical. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe it's connected, maybe it's not. But also, here's the thing, though, is that, like, who is this guy then? Because... He's running around a really distinctive outfit, and the one in uh, Kansas City, it kind of looks more like a bowler hat, but doesn't mean that he wasn't wearing the bowler hat when he was in Montana. 
So right, I could see someone being right, confused. Well, they like, oh, he was wearing a black hat. Maybe it was a bowler hat. Right. Well, I mean, eyewitness testimonies are only so accurate. Yeah. As we know, they're usually not accurate at all. Yeah. Yeah. But see, it's interesting the thing that you said about the machete, though, is that a machete, if you're wearing a long coat, you can tuck that in really easily. Oh, shit. See, they're going to come for me. I'm on the list. Damn it. We're now both on lists. Because <laughs> a sharp object, and also a machete would, yeah, a machete would do that damage. Oh, it's making them kneel. I don't I'm like so, it. Oh, so sad. Because also, these are all old ladies, too. Like, in their 60s and 70s. Poor old ladies. No, it's it's a it's a big old bum, big old bummer. But I just, <sighs> I just hope that like something comes to light eventually, because yeah, because also people in the unresolved mystery subreddit was mentioning they're like yeah, there's a lot of there's several isn't this similar type of articles floating around. Like okay, you know that's stupid. I hate this song. I'm sorry if you like this song. What's her? I think her name is like Lizzo. Yeah. I just took a DNA that turns out ah, someone needs I to like do that. that song. Yeah, but, but for like serial killers and people getting caught. <laughs> someone, someone who's really good at making like musical parodies do that. Because it's funny. It's funny as hell. Because so we, we're all yeah. gonna get good. We actually got because uh, uh, you know I had Sarah post on the uh, Today in Horror History. Mm-hmm. Um, asking for spooky stories, and we got one in our email. <gasps> save it, save it. I know I'm so excited. I'm gonna let Sarah read it because it's definitely someone from her page. I like it. Make sure you follow us. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram. We have a Facebook group where you can post anonymously, and we have our Facebook page where you can come hang out, and chill, mm-hmm. and just like Sarah updates in real time. Right. Yeah. Send us your spooky stories at the Dead Talk Podcast at Gmail Thank you, Crackalack Beats, for the use of the intro and outro music. Go check that dude out. He's gonna be—he's gonna be famous as fuck someday. You're gonna regret it if you don't get his shit. Oh, I can't wait for him to be famous. Maybe dude, he'll send us twenty dollars. Like, hmm. Say like maybe he'll send us twenty dollars. Like you pay us now. Is that is that how it works? Right. <laughs> <laughs> is that how this works? No. He can keep his money. It's fine. He deserves it. He definitely knows how to do social media, and that's just one thing I am not good at. Yeah. I am. It's a process. We will learn. No, like, okay, as a streamer, it's weird that I'm not comfortable recording myself. Like, I think it's different when I'm live because I'm usually talking with people. Uh-huh. But when I'm just talking to a camera or, like, trying to record myself doing anything, it's so fucking awkward for me. Like, I'm definitely camera shy, which is fucking weird. Yeah. Like, I gotta get out there more. Like, I made a TikTok. Okay, to get my stream going. I'm I don't TikTok. understand TikTok, so have fun. It's like, you know a Vine? You know Vine? Oh, it's, yeah, it's like it's like Vine, right? It's, it's Vine. Oh, I love Vine. Vine was amazing. It's essentially Vine. Ugh, it's so good. <laughs> also, <laughs> what you could do is that, like, go print out a picture of, like, uh, Jeff Goldblum, put it up on the wall, and act like you're talking to Jeff Goldblum about this. And maybe you'll feel less awkward. Okay, no, I would feel so awkward if I was talking to Jeff Goldblum. Because oh, he's so non-judgmental. He's like, a he's god cool. amongst men. Well, yeah, but he'd be cool with like hearing whatever you had to say. He's a nice he's, dude. He's so awkward too, like, but in like a great way. Like well, Jeff, Jeff Goldblum, if you're listening to this, I love you. Oh, thank you, Jeff. Also, you're hot. He was, like, he was like, well, he still is hot. He's hot in a silver fox way. He's just too old for me. He's a, a good-looking man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's good-looking and like gorgeous. I just love how he like he just has to act as himself in any movie, and people just accept it. Like when he was in Thor Ragnarok, like he was just himself, and it was just fucking hilarious. <sighs> He's a wonderful dude. I'd party with him. <laughs> he probably goes too hard for me though. In all honesty, I'm, you know who I'm... I want to meet. Like mm. legit, Bill Murray. Yeah, you know what? Hey, you could pin out a picture of Bill Murray and talk to Bill Murray. Have you seen like the posts of like Bill Murray just like crashing random ass parties in New York oh, City? Yes, man, that's my. Oh, if I was ever famous, I would do that stuff all the time. Right, because like there was this one post like Bill Murray just showed up and starts giving everybody like life advice, and it's like, how cool is that? Just like, and then he leaves with their best bottle of whiskey, and he's never seen again into the <laughs> nights. 
Spoiler like, alert, what if it's a really good Bill Murray impersonator doing all that? Hmm, did we ever think of that? Okay, if well, you could only meet one celebrity, who would it be? Oh, crap. Oh, it's tough. I know who mine is. Oh, no, I don't know. Mine would, oh, shit, okay, there's two. Fuck, but they're both, they both seem really down to earth. Yeah, I think that's like, a good one. Mine would be either Tom Hanks, just because he's a, a wonderful person. Oh, fuck, there's three. Keanu Reeves is great, too. He's a, he's a wonderful... Keanu, ooh, Keanu would be a good one, yeah. He's such a, like, he's such a gentle soul. Yeah, he's too pure for this world, too good. And then uh, the third would have to be Adam Sandler, just because every picture you see with him, you would not know he was a celebrity unless he was in, you know, like, because he's Adam Sandler, like... He legit just seems like a regular fucking guy. And that's yeah. what I love so about him. The Emmy's wearing just soccer shorts. Right. And stain on it. He's like, what's up? I'm here. And the fact that, like, his whole career, he's always brought his friends with him. Like, that's cool. That is so, like, that is, like, uh, I love that. Like, he's like, I'm not going to be the only one succeeding. Like, we all are. Like, ooh, to quote another Lizzo, because when I, when I shy, we <laughs> all signing. And I'm like, Right on, Lizzo. You're right. That's some positive shit right there. I can eat that up. That's why I tag Daniel and all my shit when I stream because, you know, me and him stream together. Like, I want him to be just as successful as I'm going to be if I am ever successful in this. I think you will, man. Thank you. <sighs> I hope so. You whisper to the universe, Oprah will grant you your wish. I got to do what are they, um, Spirit what they talk, what they talk about on last podcast. No, where they like come on a piece of paper. Oh, chaos magic! Chaos <laughs> yeah, magic! Like, yeah, yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. Like, you know, you don't have to ejaculate on the sigil to charge it, but little wizard boys like to ejaculate on things. <laughs> Just don't come inside the candle. That's not. That's a no-no. It's how you get wax splashed on your penis. So don't do that. Some guys might like that. We don't kink shame. Don't kink shame. Well, this is true. This is true. But look up the, the preferred type of wax to minimize burns. Because apparently there is. There is sex wax. You're right. Well, oh, no, like, what is it? I'm trying to think of what. There's massaging wax. Like they sell it at the Renaissance Fair. Oh. Like, like, like oh, legit, that's, like. That's what it is? You don't don't use soy like soy candles for candle play apparently because apparently it burns a lot hotter and it'll scald you very badly. That's what it was. And this has been your daily sex advice from you Meredith know, and Justin. Just want you to do it safely. You know, that's all we want. Live your life. But do it it safely. If you guys made it to the end of this episode, thank you, because holy fuck, it was all over the place, but I honestly think I enjoy having it all over the place. It's just us talking and hanging out, so I enjoy that. Well, yeah, we'll have bigger stories next time. Well, I mean, we were both distracted, but I'm okay with that, because like I said, like, just two friends hanging out. Just two bros broing it up. And like <laughs> my Vivance also has worn off. So, you know. We're starting to get back into my organic brain and so much fun. It likes to think about all sorts of things. Oh shit. Yeah. I got my I got our happy story before. Yeah, I was about to ask so. you, I'm like, wait, do we got the happy story? We got the, you know. Well, I don't know if it's happy, but it's it's a it's a spooky story, but like Ooh. it's not like a bad spooky story. It's like a cool spooky story. Right. So this article was written today. By McKinley Corbley. Thank you, McKinley. I know you're never going to hear this, but I'm not plagiarizing. I'm not stealing your stuff. I'm mentioning you. Yeah, because we're not crime junkie assholes. <laughs> Got fired. How are they still a thing? But please continue. Wait, you don't like crime junkie? No, they've been plagiarizing stuff. Have you not heard Wait, about that? No. Oh, my God. Okay, we're not going to talk about it here. I'm going to just like link you to a bunch of stuff. It's bad. It's very bad. Oh, no. Because I like, actually enjoyed them. Like, Remember I told you me and her both were doing Murder Monday and I didn't realize she was a thing? I mean, come on, man. Really, in all honesty, like, lots of people have thought that up. I know, but, like, I thought it was kind of cool that, like, another podcast had a similar thing. Well, it's okay. We just plagiarized her and she plagiarizes everybody. So, you know, eh, that's okay. Oh, no. Yeah, send me the stories because now I got to <laughs> do some investigation. Oh, God, We're yeah. not going to be bad talking other podcasts like, right now. They may right. they'll, you know, they'll work out in one way, shape, or form. But yes, the story. Legendary horror writer Stephen King recently announced that he will be opening up his property to his fellow writers and literary scholars. King's home in Bangor, Maine, has become something of a tourist hotspot since it served as the inspiration for the town in the quote-unquote It novel. Ooh. 
But visitors often take photos outside of his red house and his raw iron gates. But now the estate will reportedly be used to all, or I'm sorry, be used to house all of his literary literary arch- archives. Ooh. The Bangor City Council recently approved a rezoning request from King and his wife to officially designate the house as a non-profit space for the archives, which, up until now, have been kept at the University of Maine. The archives will be made available to scholars and researchers by appointment only. Not only that, King made a Facebook post about his plans to transform the house next door to his home on 47 West Broadway into a writer's retreat. Oh, sounds so cool. We are in the very beginning of planning the writer's retreat at the house next door, providing housing for up to five writers and residents at a time, says King. The zoning change, getting press coverage, was the first step. We are one to two years away from an opening re- or from an operating retreat. Though King and his wife do not often spend time at their Bangalore home, the city council has been eager to accommodate the family's in- uh, intentions for the property. City Councilor Ben Sprague told Rolling Stone, The King family has been wonderful to the city of Bangor over time and have donated literally millions of dollars to various causes in the community. Preserving his legacy here in Bangor is important for this community. That's so cool. That's so cool. Also, it does sound like how a horror movie starts out. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's the ultimate. It's his final project. Oh my God, what if it is? Because, like, think about it. Like, picturesque small town Maine like a, like a very like well-known like horror writer has uh, renovated his property to be a retreat for aspiring writers and scholars so five young adults go out there and their lives are changed forever dun 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 there you go Hollywood give me money <laughs> <laughs> also Stephen King give me money I just got you I just no, got you no. book ideas. he's gonna sue us now because you just stole his movie idea <laughs> Oh my god, really? Like, as if, well, maybe I'm actually Stephen King. Did you ever think about that? Oh my god. What if I am? What if I am? You never know. You've never seen me, you've never seen my face in real life. You don't know. This could be a, I could be, Stephen King could be really, really good at imitating the voice of a 29 year old woman. (laughs) Oh, maybe. You never know. We don't know. We don't, hey, do you know Stephen King personally? Um, no. There you go. So there's no (laughs) knowing. Have you ever seen Stephen King and I in the same place at the same time? I haven't even seen you in one place at one time. <laughs> I know, right? It could be. I could be anything. Oh, <laughs> uh, wow! This has been a fun one. Yep, we need to. We need to just not take our ADHD medicine and record. Oh gosh, no! That's how I end up stuttering a lot. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you, especially if you okay. made it to the very end. Yeah, you we get did talk. A cookie. No, you don't. We don't have the money paid for postage. Okay. Um, once we get lots of followers, you get a cookie. Or a picture of a cookie. Or a picture of a cookie. Mm-hmm. Or like the the thought form of a cookie. Mm, cookies. All right, guys. Thank you for watching. We'll see or for watching. That's my stream. Thank you for listening. And thank we'll you for listening with. Well, thank you for watching with your ears. Yep. And you guys. Make sure you tune in on Halloween for our spooky episode. Spooky! Bye. Bye, 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 bye.